the world leader in Internet Talk Radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Fresh, dynamic, and totally prepared. Here's Patricia Raskin with Positive Living on the leader in Internet Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome to Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this program are solely those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, with Positive Living, here's Patricia Raskin. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. It's always an honor and a pleasure to be with you each week on Voice America because Voice America believes that information is power, the Internet is the future, and the future is now. So do I. That's why I'm here. My program, Positive Living, brings you practical solutions and positive principles to help you live happy, empowered, and successful lives. And you can call us. We are here at 888-335-5204 on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and we broadcast on Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern and noon Pacific. And you can also log on to my website, which is raskinresources.com, get a copy of my book, Pathfinding, as well as listen to the archive shows. Today we are talking about relationships and how to heal them when they're painful, and also um, how to heal problems in relationships and also separation and divorce and breaks in relationships. My guest today is Bill Ferguson, who is a former divorce attorney and author of the best-selling book, How to Heal a Painful Relationship and, if Necessary, Part as Friends. We're going to talk about how to heal hurt and the conflict and restore love even in the most difficult relationships. And you can log on to divorceasfriends.com. Welcome, Bill. Hi there. How are you? We're good. All right. Well, let's talk about the whole premise of your book. You say that you can heal the most difficult relationships. Yes, because what happens in, in relationships is that you know, each person is responsible for what happens in relationships. Right. See, yeah, I used to be a divorce attorney. And when I was a divorce attorney, I only worked with my client. Very rarely did I ever see the other spouse. But when my client changed how he or she was towards the spouse, then it changed how the spouse responded in return. So with only working with one person, that's all it took to end the cycle of conflict and heal the relationship one human being to another. And what happened was with only working with one person, 15% of my clients never divorced, and of the ones that did divorce, virtually all of them did it as friends. Hmm. Because when you shift how you are towards the other person, it automatically is going to shift how the other person responds in return. Okay. All right, so let's take an example. Why don't you give an example of a, of a real tough relationship and... Um, Let's look step back a little bit and look at the real core of relationships. See, in relationships, love never, never, never is enough to have a relationship work. So let's say I love you, but I treat you lousy. What good is my love for you? Mm-hmm. Well, it's worthless. So the thing that makes a difference in relationships is not the love, it's the experience of love. Mm-hmm. So if I interact with you in a way where you feel loved, uh-huh. our relationship will be great. And if I interact with you in a way where you feel unloved, our relationship will be a mess. 
So if I want my relationship with you to be great, whether we're married, whether we're exes, whether we're friends, whether we're dating each other, whatever our relationship, if I want it to be great, I need to make sure that you feel loved. And that's the key to having great relationships stay great, and that's the key to healing difficult relationships. Okay. What happens if one person wants to do that and the other person wants to blame and shame the previous party? Well, what, see, what we fight in life is the truth. See, people are the way they are whether we like it or not. Mm-hmm. But what happens is that when we cannot be at peace with the truth, we create a state of fear and upset and tunnel vision that destroys our effectiveness and forces us to interact in a way that actually makes everything worse very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. So let's take a moment and look at upset. When we get upset, doesn't it look like the upset is caused by what happens? Mm-hmm. Yeah, clearly it looks like the upset is caused by what happens. Now, what would, but what we're going to see is that upsets are never caused by what happens. They're caused by our fighting what happens. So pick a time in your life when you've been upset. If by some miracle you were totally at peace with what happened, what would happen to your upset? I wouldn't be upset. Yes, and that's very important to see because we think that the source of our upsets are outside of us, but that's the illusion. The source of our upsets is never outside, it's inside. See, if the upset was truly caused by what happened, you would be upset whether you were at peace with it or not. But if you look, you can only be upset if you're fighting what happens. And, of course, why we fight what happens is because some nerve is being triggered. And that's why different people get upset at different things. Different people get upset at different things because each person has a different set of nerves that get triggered. And if you look in your life, what you'll see is you have the same type of upset keep showing up in your life over and over and over. And the reason the same type of upset keeps happening is because the same nerve keeps getting triggered. And it's the automatic subconscious avoidance of that nerve forces us to interact in a way that sabotages our relationships. So what happens is the same patterns, the same type of things keep showing up over and over and over and over in our lives. But all the while it looks like the problem is outside of us, but it's not. That's the symptom rather than the cause. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and until- sometimes, though, couldn't it be true that sometimes... What you're experiencing in this relationship is something you had not experienced before, where all your other relationships weren't like this or didn't end this way. Well, any time there's an area of life that isn't working, whether it's a relationship that's not working or any area of life that isn't working, that area of life is never, never, never the problem. It's always the symptom of an underlying condition of resisting or hanging on that creates the problem. And until that underlying condition gets addressed, the same type of thing will keep happening. Because what we do is we put our focus on the symptoms instead of the cause. I'm wondering, we have a few minutes before the break, if you would fill that out with a real live example. Or should I give you an example? Well, 
let me say a little bit more just to kind of uh, give you the more background so we can really get into this. Now, I want to talk about what happens in difficult relationships. Okay, what if I want my relationship with you to be great, I need to make sure you feel loved. What creates the experience of love is giving the gift of acceptance and appreciation. Right. As I genuinely accept and appreciate you for who you are, you feel empowered. It creates that experience of love in you. Right. You feel better about yourself and your life, and automatically you feel better about me. Mm-hmm. And then I feel better about myself and my life, and then I feel better about you, and you feel better about me, and I feel better about you. And we create that cycle of loving, supporting, and empowering each other. Mm-hmm. And that's the way relationships begin, but they don't stay that way. And the reason they don't stay that way is because it's just a matter of time until somebody gets hurt, somebody's nerve gets triggered. Okay. So my nerve gets triggered, I get hurt, I get upset, and then automatically I become judgmental and critical towards you. You need to change. You're messed up. What's your problem? Okay. And then I become non-accepting towards you. Then strikes your nerve. You get hurt. You get upset. Then you become more critical towards me. I become more against you. You become more against me. I become more against you. And then you create that cycle of conflict, and it's the cycle of conflict that destroys the love and relationships. Mm-hmm. And the thing about that we don't notice is that in order to have a cycle of conflict, there must be two people participating. It takes two people to keep the cycle of conflict going. It only takes one person to end it. And that's the name of the game. The name of the game is to make sure that if you have a relationship, that the cycle of conflict does not get created, or if it does get created, it gets ended very quickly. And if you're in a difficult relationship, to find that cycle of conflict and heal it. Not as husband and wife necessarily, but as one human being to another. And how do you do that, though? Well, there's a number of steps. All right, you know what, why don't we take a break and uh, talk a little bit about your book and where people can get them, and then we'll get into how you heal that cycle of conflict in relationships so that they don't have to be painful. Um, Tell us about some of your workshops in the book. Okay, well, there's uh, two main books that I've written. One of them is How to Heal a Painful Relationship, which talks about how to heal in the cycle of conflict. And then the other book is Heal the Hurt that Sabotages Your Life, and that talks about how do you find and heal these nerves, this deeper hurt that fuels and creates the cycle of conflict. And you can get both of them. You can get them through the bookstores. If they don't have them, they can order them. And you can also get them on our websites, which is divorceasfriends.com and masteryoflife.com. Okay. All right. And workshops? Well, we do one main workshop. We do a lot of um, evening programs. But we have a, our main workshop is a weekend workshop called Return to the Heart. And, and that's about restoring yourself. That's about getting past all the hurt and getting restored to that state of love that you are. And then the more you get restored to that state, the more naturally more effective you are in life. Okay. So we do that. And plus I do individual work with people. All right. And mostly your individual work is with people who are in conflict. Well, they're having some area of life where it isn't working, where they're suffering. And most of the time, most people I work with, they're suffering in the area of relationships. Okay. All right. All right, we're going to take a break. And, folks, just to let you know again that Positive Living is on Voice America on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific. And it's rebroadcast on Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern and noon Pacific. You can log on to 
RaskinResources.com, which is my website. Get a copy of my book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living. The book is now in revision. And you can also uh, listen to the archive shows there on the site. So stay tuned. You can call us after the break. And the number to call us is 885. Um, it'll come back to me in a minute. But but you can call us after the break, and I'll give you that number, 888-335-5204. Stay tuned, folks. You're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. We'll be right back. For an autographed copy of Patricia's new book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to RaskinResources.com. Information you need, when you need it, VoiceAmerica.com. Tune in every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time to Voice America for True Life in God with Betsy Serafin. On the show, Betsy will talk about the importance of having God in your life as well as discuss how God is calling Christians to come together in the heart. So make it a point to tune in to True Life in God every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. In today's world, it's hard to find the truth with anything. Is there such a thing as the truth? Where and how can I find it? Will someone just give it to me straight? Tune in every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific for Mario Verdad, an exciting new show that will give it to you straight every time and tackle the truth behind everything from political issues and crime to vocational and career counseling. So log on and tune in every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. This is Dr. Pat Basile, and I am America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. The defendant, having been found guilty, is sentenced to a term of five years imprisonment. Defendant will be remanded to custody immediately. On June 4th, my big brother was sentenced to five years in prison for a gun crime. That day, he sentenced me to five years of walking home alone from school. When you commit a gun crime, your family pays the price. Gun crimes hit home. A public service announcement brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. Tune in every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time to Voice America for Global Security with Victor Plesner. Global Security is the show that covers international security issues for all walks of life since 9-11 and what the future may present to keep our world safe. You will hear from leaders of global security companies as well as authors of books on law enforcement and terrorism. So join us Fridays at 8 a.m. for Global Security with Victor Plesner right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Continuing to be the authority in Internet Talk Radio, you're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. And I'm Patricia Raskin. Again, you're listening to America, VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. And Positive Living is here on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. You can call us at 888-335-5204. My guest is Bill Ferguson, and he's author of the best-selling book, How to Heal a Painful Relationship and, if necessary, Part as Friends. Bill Ferguson is a former divorce attorney, and he works a lot with people to help them discover and create what creates and destroys love and end the cycle of conflict. And as he says, as a former divorce attorney, 15% of my clients never divorced, and the ones who did were able to part as friends. So, and he's led over 2,000 workshops and has worked with thousands of people. Welcome back, Bill. Hi. Okay, so let's talk about, so you're in this conflict and somebody has hurt you or they're writing you nasty letters or they say, you know, the, you're the victim. You're, they're the victim and you're the bad guy. 
you don't see it that way. So how do you turn that around? And you're saying get out of the tunnel vision. How do you end that conflict? Okay. Well, there's there's a number of of steps in ending a cycle of conflict, and um, so I want to talk about that. And then I want to talk about um, well, see, the the, main, the key to ending a cycle of conflict is you got to get rid of that underlying condition of resisting and hanging on that creates it. Once you do that, then the next step is to be able to see your role in the problem. And then the next step after that. Are you there? Yeah, you got to see your role in the problem. And then the next step is to heal the hurt that fuels the problem in the first place. See, one thing about the cycle of conflict is that any time you have a cycle of conflict, you must have two people participating. It is physically impossible to have a cycle of conflict with only one person. It's like a tennis volley. I send one to you, you send one to me, I send one to you, you send one to me. Mm-hmm. It takes two people to keep the volley going. It only takes one person to end it. Okay. But in order to end it, you've got to see your role in it. Okay. So that's one part of it. Then the other part of it is you've got to heal the hurt that fuels the conflict in the first place. Mm-hmm. So those are the those are the steps in ending a cycle of conflict. But to be able to do those steps, you've got to end the the tunnel vision. You've got to end that underlying condition of resisting or hanging on that creates it. So let me tell you what's happening in any relationship that's not working. Mm-hmm. Let's say it's it's you and I. Then there's what's happening is that the way you're being you, but what it does is it strikes a nerve in me. And then subconsciously, I'm threatened. So I have to attack the threat, which I perceive as you. So whenever you, look at whenever you get upset. You get, uh, you're so full of emotion, you can't see clearly, and then you have tunnel vision. And the reason we have tunnel vision is because the only thing we're interested in is how do you get rid of that threat. But what we don't realize is that in the tunnel vision, the tunnel vision destroys our ability to see what we need to do to have this area of our life clear up, and it forces us to make the situation worse because in the tunnel vision, all you can do is some form of resisting. And resisting magnifies the problem instead of resolves it. I still think for the listeners it would be nice if we could do a concrete example. Because when you say you have to get to the underlying cause, what is that? Is it that you're feeling discarded? Is it that you're feeling worthless? Is it that you're feeling threatened that you won't have anything? Is it that your life is in danger? I mean, what is this underlying piece? And so I hear what you're saying, and it's clear, but I, I need to grab my hands around a life example. Okay. Okay. Great. Let me give you a classic one. There was a, a couple that one of the judges ordered them to come see me. There was this couple they'd spent 10 years fighting in the courts. They got a divorce 10 years ago. They've been in and out of the courts ever since. They've had so much resentment towards each other, they couldn't allow themselves to be in the same building with each other. And they both had joint custody of two minor kids. Mm-hmm. So they had so much resentment towards each other, it was, you know, the, the kids were going nuts. So they were ordered to come see me. So what I did was I worked with the father and I worked with the mother separately. 
And the first thing I did was I had, when I worked with the father, for example, I would have him see his role in the cycle of conflict. Which then, was, for example, give us an example of what was, that was. That he was not accepting, that he was judgmental of her, he was critical of her, you know, that he was resisting her. And mm-hmm. then she would get upset, then strike her nerves, she would get upset, and she would become judgmental and critical towards him, and then he would towards her, mm-hmm. and then it would just go back and forth, back and forth. Okay. So the first thing I did was I had him see his role in it. And I had him see that she was the way she was, whether he liked it or not. He was just fighting the truth of the way that she was, which didn't make things better. It made it worse. Mm-hmm. See, one of the most powerful ways that we create in our lives is through resistance. Because whatever you resist, the very act of resisting is going to magnify and give right. power to whatever you're resisting. Okay, so what you're saying then is he then needed to learn how to accept that she is critical and judgmental? Is that what you're saying? Well, well, two things. He needed to see that, that so much of, of her negative behavior towards him was a result of the negative things that he did to her. Okay. That was part of it. And the other part of it was he needed to see that she's the way she is. No matter how much he hates the way she is, she's still the way she is. Right. It just doesn't make any difference. She's still the way she is. Once he could surrender to the truth of that, he became more able to see what he needed to do. So, which was? Which was? Well, what he needed to do was don't expect her to be different. Okay. Okay. Then, so that was the first step, was to have him see his role in the problem. Okay. But just seeing your role in the problem is not enough to end it. Because when this nerve gets triggered, it's more powerful than all the common sense in the world. Okay, so now he sees her for who she is, and he understands that. Now what? Okay, next step is he's got to heal this hurt that's underneath it. So let me talk about the hurt that creates all of our upsets and fuels the conflict. Mm -hmm. Which is the feeling of rejection, of abandonment, all those things? Yeah, but, but those are surface issues. Those are surface issues. The, the real issue is this old childhood hurt from the past. Mm-hmm. See, when we're born, we're pure love, mm-hmm. but we're born into a world that kills love. Mm-hmm. So in the process of growing up, every single one of us gets hurt, and we get hurt a lot. So as little kids, the only way we can explain these painful losses of love is to blame ourselves. Clearly, I'm the problem. And then we decide what that problem is. I'm not good enough. I'm not worth loving. I'm worthless. Mm-hmm. I'm a failure. Mm-hmm. And it's never the truth, but in the eyes of a little child, it becomes our truth, and then we spend the whole rest of our life running from it. And if anything ever comes along and hints that we really are worthless, not worth loving, not good enough, or whatever our issue is, that's going to be a major threat to our survival, and we're going to have to fight it like our life depends on it. So in relationships, you do what you do triggers all this old hurt in me, and subconsciously, that's a threat. Now, in reality, it's not a threat at all, but subconsciously it is. So so instantly, I get threatened. I get tunnel vision. All my focus is on how do I remove that threat, which is you. So then I fight the threat. I fight you. But everything I do to resist you makes the way you are towards me worse. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So any area of life that isn't working, what's happening is there's a state of tunnel vision 
where this nerve is being triggered, all we can do is fight. And in, the, in that resisting, we actually magnify the problem instead of resolve it. Okay. So, to, so to have any area of life work, you've got to get rid of the tunnel vision. Okay. So what did he do? What did this gentleman do who was fighting with his wife for 10 years? How did he change and how did she change? Okay. Well, what I did was I worked with him so that he could see his role in the problem. The next thing I did was I walked him through the process of finding what the hurt was that was getting triggered. Okay. And I don't remember what it was, but it was something like not good enough, worthless, something right, like that. Right, right. And then after he healed the hurt, the next step was to walk through the letting go of the resentment and the blaming, which is pretty easy to do once you heal the hurt. Then I had him see that what was underneath all the upset Mm-hmm. was his hurt, and what was underneath all the hurt was the love. Mm-hmm. And I had him see that underneath all the junk, he still loved her. Mm-hmm. Because the love never goes away, it just gets buried. And when you can interact out of the love, what you create is more love. When you interact out of the upset, what you create is more upset. Mm-hmm. So I walked him through that, and I walked her through that, and then I got the two of them together, and then and they both forgave her, each other and all. And then, and then what happened was the cycle of conflict ended, you know, almost overnight. And the thing that the two of them did that was different was that they were able to take responsibility for their relationship. Mm-hmm. In other words, if I want my relationship with you to be great, it's my job, it's not your job. Mm-hmm. And that's what each one of them did. They took responsibility for their relationship. They made sure the other person felt loved, accepted, and appreciated. Mm. And if the cycle of conflict ever started raising its ugly head again, they were able to end it right on the spot because they were able to take responsibility for it. Mm-hmm. And normally, that's not what we do. In our culture, instead of making sure the other person feels loved, we put all of our focus reacting to the other person, giving the other person what they gave us. So, so then, Bill... You had two people who, in the end, saw what they were doing and both took responsibility. Yes. What happens when you have one person who refuses to take responsibility, blames the other person, and the other person, does the other person just take it and walk away and not say anything because if they say anything, they're going to fuel back? What does that other person, you said it takes, you say that it takes one person to end the conflict. How does the recipient of that blame end the conflict? Okay, first step, okay, see, for those two, they had two people working together, which obviously makes it a lot easier. Right. Most of the time, you don't. Most of the time, there's only one person working on it. Right. So the first step in healing a relationship is you've got to be willing to feel the hurt that's being triggered by the other person. Okay. And then, so look to see, look at the hurt that's in that relationship, mm-hmm. and then look and see what do those circumstances say about you, according to the hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, if that person thinks so little of you, they're so hateful towards you, that would say you're not worth loving, not good right. enough, something like that. And then you've got to be willing to feel that hurt, because the more you're willing to feel the hurt, then the need to avoid the hurt disappears. Okay. See, resisting... Got it. Why yeah, we resist? That makes a lot of sense to me. We don't have to feel the hurt. Right. And so you go through the pain. You actually go through the door yes. of the pain. You feel it, but then you come out differently. That's right. You become at peace. 
Yes. When you get to the other side. And the key to healing hurt is to feel it willingly like a child. Okay. You can, you can cry for hours a day for months and have there be no healing. Mm-hmm. So it's not in the mm-hmm. tears. It's the feeling the tears willingly because you choose to, because you want to, because you want to pull it out of you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Excellent. My guest is Bill Ferguson. He's best-selling author of How to Heal a Painful Relationship and, if necessary, part his friends. He is also a former divorce attorney and helps thousands of people heal relationships that are tough relationships. You're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. Stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back. For an autographed copy of Patricia's new book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to RaskinResources.com. Cutting edge. Challenging. Stimulating. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Kevin Garnett, Tracy McGrady, Kobe Bryant. Today, more and more student-athletes are bypassing college and heading straight to the pros. Matt Bush, Freddie Adu, LeBron James. Discuss the benefits and pitfalls of going pro on the Sport Mavericks with Ida Moye and Mama Starks every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Sport Mavericks provides straightforward, no-nonsense talk about the current and sometimes controversial topics facing student-athletes and their parents today. Agents want to make money. Schools want the publicity. The Sport Mavericks wants what's best for you. So whether you or your child is thinking about bypassing college or looking for the best university to showcase their talents, listen to the Sport Mavericks with Ida Moye and Mama Starks every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Sport Mavericks, smart talk for parents and athletes. Hi, I'm Jennifer Lewis, and you're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Tune in every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time to Voice America for Global Security with Victor Plesner. Global Security is the show that covers international security issues for all walks of life since 9-11 and what the future may present to keep our world safe. You will hear from leaders of global security companies as well as authors of books on law enforcement and terrorism. So join us Fridays at 8 a.m. for Global Security with Victor Plesner right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Bringing the world together. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. When tax time comes, are you the person that goes to your accountant with a shoebox literally full of receipts? Stop wasting your accountant's time as well as your own by organizing your finances with the help of Joe Dunphy and Poor Richard's Shoebox. Heard live every Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, Poor Richard's Shoebox will let you know what you can do to organize for tax time as well as how to get the most out of your retirement. So get all of your receipts together and tune in to Poor Richard's Shoebox with Joe Dunphy every Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on the Voice America Radio Network. The defendant, having been found guilty, is sentenced to a term of five years imprisonment. Defendant will be remanded to custody immediately. On June 4th, my big brother was sentenced to five years in prison for a gun crime. That day, he sentenced me to five years of walking home alone from school. When you commit a gun crime, your family pays the price. Gun crimes hit home. A public service announcement brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. Continuing to be the authority in Internet Talk Radio, you're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. are back. You are listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin. Positive Living has been on Voice America now about three years. 
I started um, when in, it kind of in the beginning of Internet radio, just like I started at the beginning of cable television 20 years ago or 25 years ago, I should say, and went on to have talk shows and documentaries. And uh, I'm on the air locally where I live. It's eight years on the air there and three years on the air on Voice America. However, the reason I'm telling you this is that I've always had a specific mission and purpose. My shows have always been the same. They're all positive people, positive living, or positive aging. My show, Positive Living, is really about showing those positive solutions to issues. I've been committed to that for 25 years. I do it because I believe in it. And what I do is the bumblebee symbol is I call it through the airwaves, and I get the guests that can really give you the information you need. And certainly today is a prime example of that. My guest is Bill Ferguson. He is a former divorce attorney. He is renowned in his field. He is the author of How to Heal a Painful Relationship and, if necessary, Part as Friends, which is a best-selling book. He tells you how to end your conflict, heal your hurt, forgive, let go, resolve your issues, and restore love even in the toughest of situations. And you can log on to his website, which is divorceisfriends.com. And, again, you can also log on to raskinresources.com and get a copy of my book, Pathfinding, and listen to the archive shows on my site. Welcome back, Bill. Oh, it's good to be back. All right. Now, let's, let's get into the heart of this because there's something we talked about during the break. All right. So let's say that you have one person who wants to, to do the love and is hurting, and, but the other person absolutely will not let go of blame or shame, no matter what. And the second person involved tries to make an effort, you know, has, has stated the case, but the other person is, it's all the person's fault and they're demanding and um, the case I'm thinking of is a case where the spouse has to pay alimony and is having some financial problems. And the other spouse has, you know, been through an attorney, the spouse agreed to pay, but is very, very angry and resentful, even though that spouse has the capability of doing well but has had some difficulty. So there's a lot of anger and resentment. And the question to you is, what does the one spouse do when they want to have the love in their heart, when, as you said, they look at that hurt, they look at the pain that they're in, they've looked at that, they felt the pain. So the question is, how do you accept that other person for the way they are, granted that they may never change? Okay. Well, well, that's the key is that they, they're not likely to ever change. Okay. See, that other person is the way that other person is. And that person is probably going to be the way that person is forever and ever and ever. Okay. And no matter how much you hate it, no matter how much you fight it, then that person's not likely to change. In fact, the more you resist the way that person is, the worse it gets. Okay. You look at any time in your life where you've had a relationship with somebody and, and that person had a particular characteristic that you couldn't stand, the more you resist the characteristic, what happens? The characteristic gets stronger. Mm-hmm. So, so when you resist the truth of the way somebody is, the resistance doesn't make the situation clear up. It makes it worse. Okay. So, so how do you accept that then? You just accept that person? It's surrendering to the truth. It's surrendering to the truth because it's, see, at any moment, what's so is always what's so. Mm-hmm. The people in your life are the way they are. You are the way you are. The circumstances in your life are the way they are. And your fighting it doesn't change a thing on the outside, but it, but it sets in motion a process to make everything worse on the inside and actually on the outside. So you've got to make peace with the truth. It is just surrendering. It's like, I hate it, I hate it, but that's the way he is. Okay. And you're also saying that if you, the recipient or the one who's trying to do the healing, 
works through the pain, it admits that you are in pain, and admits that it's very difficult, that's going to help you heal. That's what you're also saying. Wait, I, I'm not sure I understood the question. Well, what you're talking, what you talked about before the break is the way that you can heal is to look at the pain and live with it and sit with it as a child would. Yeah, you got it. Well, there's things you can do to minimize your pain, and there's things you can do to minimize the other person's pain. Okay, on your end of it, to in, minimize your hurt, you've got to feel that hurt willingly like a child. Feel the hurt of the circumstances, and then feel that deeper hurt of not good enough, worthless, failure, um, that, that stuff. Because the more you're willing to feel it, the more it loses power. Because why we... See, all of uh, upsets or avoidance of that hurt, resisting, hanging on, blaming, resentment, all of that, all of that stuff, anger, all of that stuff is avoided hurt. The more you become willing to feel the hurt, the less you need to avoid it, and when you don't need to avoid it, the destructive behavior loses power. Mm-hmm. So on your end, you've got to be willing to feel the hurt. Look to see what is the very specific circumstances that you're resisting. What is that person implying or saying about you in the person's words and actions? Mm-hmm. And then in that hurt, look and see what does that say about me? What negative, painful thing? Mm-hmm. And don't look for the truth that you're worthless, not good enough, or whatever. Look for the hurt. And then find what that hurt is and then be willing to feel it. And the hurt could be... I was rejected as a child, or I was given mixed messages, or I was told that I wasn't good enough. Well, that's the circumstance, because that's what happens. So, like, for example, rejection and abandonment are going to be surface issues. Whenever somebody has an issue with rejection or abandonment, the deeper hurt would be not worth loving. Okay. So, so, so then, then if that's your situation, you want to ask yourself, how do you feel with the notion that down deep you really are? worthless and not worth loving. And notice that that would be very painful. Mm-hmm. Well, the more painful it is, the more it runs our life. Mm-hmm. Now, contrast that with coward. If it were true that you were a coward, how would you feel about that? Well, notice that it wouldn't be near as painful as not worth loving or not good enough or failure or whatever your issue is. So you want to find what are the words of not okay that hurt the absolute most. What are the words that most accurately describe that hurt? And then, and then you sit and feel that. Yeah, you allow yourself to feel it. And then there's some other steps that in the in the book that I wrote, Heal the Hurt That Sabotages Your Life. There's some some steps that you go through that can actually heal that whole mechanism. Which are? Can you give us one or two? Well. The first thing is you've got to find what the hurt is, and there's a number of places to look. See, this is the hurt not just of an incident. This is a hurt that runs your whole life. Mm-hmm. So one thing I do when I work with people is I have them make a list of all the upsets that they've had during their life. Then I have them go to the hurt that's underneath each upset and then ask that question, what do those circumstances say about me? Mm-hmm. And then what, what people notice is that there will be a hurt, the same hurt, that runs through all their upsets. That's the hurt that runs their life. Mm-hmm. Another great place to look is to look at your relationship with your parents, particularly if your relationship with your parents was painful. Mm-hmm. Then go to the hurt of that painful relationship and then ask yourself, 
according to the hurt, not the truth, but according to the hurt, if my own parents treated me that way, what negative, painful thing would that say about me? Mm-hmm. Another great place to look is what do you need for your happiness? Because ultimately we never need anything for our happiness, but when we think we do, we need it so we can avoid our hurt. See, we're never driven towards something. We're always driven from something. So if somebody needs success for their happiness, they're running from failure. If somebody needs a loving relationship for their happiness, they're running from not worth loving. If somebody needs to be strong, they're running from weak. If somebody needs to be right, they're running from that they're wrong and more specifically stupid. Mm -hmm. So look to see what are you driven towards and then look to the opposite. Hmm. And then as you do these things, what you'll see is that there's going to be this hurt that permeates it all. Mm-hmm. And that hurt totally runs our life. It's responsible for all of our fear, all of our suffering, every single one of our self-sabotaging behavior patterns, every single area of life that doesn't work can be traced to the automatic avoidance of this hurt. Now, one of the things that you said in the last segment that I didn't quite understand is you said, when you really feel this hurt, you must feel the pain but you could cry. What I heard you say is you could cry all day long. If you don't feel it like a child feels it, it won't work. What do you mean, Bill? Okay. See, the nature of hurt is that you don't have a choice whether you're going to feel it. When you're hurt, you're hurt. You are going to feel it. Okay. The only choice we have is are we going to feel it willingly or are we going to feel it unwillingly? And the difference between the two is? Well, one of them is... When you feel it willingly, you're, you're feeling it because you choose to, because you want to. Okay. You're in the driver's seat. Okay. You're reaching in and grabbing it and pulling it out. The other, the, and that's when you're feeling it at cause. When you're feeling it at the effect, life is forcing you to feel it. The driver's seat is on top of you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when you feel it at effect, you can cry and cry and cry, have little or no healing. When you feel your hurt at cause, because you want to, because you choose to, the healing is very, very fast. Hmm. And then there's the two different types of hurt. There's the hurt of the circumstances, and then there's that deeper hurt of worthless, not good enough, not worth loving, that sort of thing, which is never the truth. It's just an old suppressed hurt from the past. And it sounds like, from what you're saying, that that's almost under all of it. For most of us, because well, I'm not, well, I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. You bet you, you bet you. Now the hurt is different. Each person has a different hurt, and each person avoids it in a different way. And where it manifests for each person is different. But wherever that hurt manifests, that area of life won't work. So each person has a whole different set of things that areas of life that don't work and those areas of life consistently don't work and it may be finances it may be relationships but each person is going to have the same condition of suffering keeps showing up over and over and over and why it keeps showing up is because we keep creating it all right all right let's let's continue on that this is pretty fascinating and we'll talk about how we create it and how we can uncreate it. My guest is Bill Ferguson, former divorce attorney, author of the best-selling book, How to Heal a Painful Relationship and, if necessary, part of his friends. And conflict, heal, hurt, forgive, let go, resolve issues, and restore love. You're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. 
For an autographed copy of Patricia's new book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to RaskinResources.com. Informative, educational, insightful. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Hello, this is Rory Garay, President of Greyhound Pets of America and host of Greyhounds Made Great Pets on Voice America. Join me every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific and 2 p.m. Eastern for an insightful and enjoyable talk about one of man's best friends, the Greyhound. Learn about the history of the Greyhound, discuss proper obedience and training techniques, and find out more about the Greyhound racing industry and what they are doing to help the adoption effort of the former race dog. If you own a Greyhound or just love dogs like I do, join me for Greyhounds Make Great Pets every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Go beyond success and discover a deeper meaning to life. Join host Jeffrey Gitterman and his guests, the premier thought leaders in business, politics, science, spirituality, and culture who have reached the pinnacle of financial and professional attainment in their fields, only to discover a profound lack of fulfillment with what our culture defines as success. So won't you tune in every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time to Jeffrey Gitterman and Beyond Success, redefining the meaning of prosperity, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Connecting your world, the Internet's number one talk and information station, voiceamerica.com. How can you have a better life on your terms? You can have a better life because you can become better. Stop waiting for everything around you to change. Tune in every Wednesday at 1 o'clock Pacific Standard Time on Voice America for Life on Your Terms with David Martin. David Martin, an internationally recognized speaker, will teach you what successful people are doing. So join us Wednesday at 1 o'clock Pacific Standard Time for Life on Your Terms with David Martin. Right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. The world leader in Internet talk radio. talk radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Hi, everyone. We are back. You are listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin. As I always say, it's an honor and a pleasure to be on Voice America because Voice America believes that information is power, the Internet is the future, the future is now. And that's why I'm here. Positive Living has been on the air now three years on Voice America. Um, Internet radio is fairly new, but it's really coming of age, and everything is on the Internet now. So it's a very powerful medium to get your message across, and I'm, um, I'm thrilled to be part of it. My guest today is Bill Ferguson. He is a former divorce attorney, and he's author of the best-selling book, How to Heal a Painful Relationship, and if necessary, call his friends. And conflict, he'll hurt forgive, let go, resolve issues, restore love. And um, Bill's website is divorceasfriends.com. Welcome back, Bill. Okay, so um, one of the things that we were saying, and folks, it's still time to call in if you would like to do that at 888-335-5204. One of the things that you're saying that I'm hearing is if you're dealing with someone in a relationship that there isn't, there's just no communication there or there's trying to be communication but there's a lot of blame, is what I'm hearing you say is have compassion and understand why they're saying what they're saying. Yes, and, and let me talk a little bit about communication. 
See, if you're upset at me, there's going to be a million miles distance in you towards me. And there's all sorts of mischief that's going to get created out of that distance. So I want to do everything I can to encourage you to communicate your upset. Mm-hmm. You ever been upset and got it off your chest? Mm-hmm. Notice what happens to the upset once you communicate it. It loses power. Mm-hmm. So if you're upset at me, I want to do everything I can to encourage you to communicate your upset. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're attacking me verbally, that's actually great news. <laughs> because what's happening is you're communicating. Now, if I resist your communication, mm-hmm. I'm going to give your communication more power. Mm-hmm. So what I need to do is instead of resisting your communication, I need to receive your communication. I need to pull it out of you. Mm-hmm. Yes, you think I'm a horrible person. You think I ought to be shot tomorrow morning at dawn. Mm-hmm. I understand. Anything else? Tell me more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because mm-hmm. when you pull it out of them, it loses power. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but that's not r- normally what we do. Usually what we do when we get blasted is somebody, is, is we get threatened and we attack back. And then what happens is that that just adds mass to their communication and creates more upset. Mm-hmm. So when somebody's blasting you, always what you want to do is you want to pull it out of them. Okay. What else would you like our listeners to know who are having difficulty with painful relationships? Your whole book is about how to heal a painful relationship, and we have about five minutes left. So what are some other keys? Well, the, num- the number one thing is to see your role in the problem. Because if there's a a problem relationship in your life, you have to have something to do with it. The more you can see your role in it, the more you can turn things around. So so notice how much you've hurt the other person. Notice how much you've been judgmental and critical. Notice what you've done that's hurt the other person. Because the more you can see that you single-handedly destroy the love in the relationship, the more you get your power back. To the extent you blame the other person, the other person has all the power. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, but you just said something. You said you have to see that you single-handedly destroyed the love. Is that true? You bet Did you single-handedly do that? You bet you. You bet you. Let's look at the nature of, of love. See, what creates love is giving the gift of acceptance and appreciation. What destroys it is being judgmental, critical, or controlling. Well, however I am towards you, you're going to respond accordingly. If I accept and appreciate you for who you are, if I'm loving and supportive, you're going to respond one way. If I'm judgmental, critical, or hateful towards you, you're going to respond another way. That makes me 100% responsible for the presence or absence of love in my relationship with you and you are 0%. Now, the other side of the coin is also true in that however you are towards me determines how I'm going to be towards you, which makes you 100% and I'm 0%. So relationships are not 50-50, they're 100-100. But that's not what we're taught. What we're taught is that there's only one responsibility, either it's you or it's me, or we split it down the middle 50-50. So you and I have a problem. I look to see where the problem is. I can see very 
easily, very quickly what the problem is. It's you. <laughs> it's the other person. Mm-hmm. And the trap is, is that every single time we blame the other person, we're telling the truth because we're pointing at their 100% responsibility. But the real problem is that whenever I blame the other person, I give the other person my power. So in the same breath that I'm saying you're 100% responsible, I'm saying that I'm 0% responsible. And if I'm 0% responsible, I got 0% power. Nothing I can do about it. You're the problem, not me. What was me? I'm stuck. <laughs> and what you're saying is when you, when you jump over and see the other person's side, you get out of the blame, you somehow open that communication is what you're saying. You bet. When you can see, you know, what you're doing, then it becomes impossible to blame the other person. And when you can see the situation from the other person's point of view, and by the way, you don't have to like the point of view, you don't have to agree with it, you don't have to condone it, but if you can just see it from that person's point of view, then the, then the resistance gets replaced with compassion. Mm. Very powerful. And then you become more able to interact with the law. See, every time you interact with somebody, you're either going to put water on the fire or more fuel. You're either going to create love or you're going to destroy love. And whatever you give always, always, always comes right back. So your advice to people is open yourself up to seeing not only their side but your part in it so that you can also look with compassion upon the situation the other person's in. Yes, and develop your ability to let go and flow with the truth of the way things are. Because when you resist, you create a state of fear, upset, and tunnel vision, and then what you do is you magnify the problem instead of resolve, instead of finding solutions for the problem. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Thank you very much, Bill. Let's give out your website again, which is divorcesfriends.com. Yeah, and also masteryoflife.com. And then we have the two books. We have the How to Heal a Painful Relationship and the, the book Heal the Hurt that Sabotages Your Life. And if, if they're not in your bookstore, the bookstore can order them. You can also get them on the websites, divorcesfriends.com and masteryoflife.com. I guess. Thank you so much, Bill. Stay on the line. Thank you for being on the program. Bill Ferguson, a former divorce attorney, author of the best-selling book, How to Heal a Painful Relationship and, if necessary, Part of Friends. He's been featured on Oprah as well as other major programs. And, again, you can go on to divorcesfriends.com or masteryoflife.com. Next week, we're going to talk to another relationship person, Dr. David Wexler, Ph.D., Executive Director of the Relationship Training Institute and author of When Good Men Behave Badly, Change Your Behavior, Change Your Relationship. He will discuss the biological, social, and psychological causes for those behaviors that so often undermine a man's ability to build a solid, loving relationship. And he has also been featured on Oprah and on uh, Dr. Phil. And um, this is a, I've had him on my local show. Really, I encourage you to tune in on Monday, the 23rd of May at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Again, folks, it's an honor and pleasure to be with you each week on voiceamerica.com. Log on to raskinresources.com and get a copy of my book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, and listen to the archive shows. Until next time, have a wonderful day. I'm Patricia Raskin.
Positive Living with Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. For an autographed copy of Patricia's book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to RaskinResources.com. And tune in next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific for Positive Living, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Thank you.